listening to a message from Red Church in Melbourne, Australia. If you'd like to know more about Red or its ministries, please go to redchurch.org.au. Well, thank you so much, everybody. Uh, Today is my privilege, as it has always been, to share today's message with you. Uh, The difference is this is my last message. And so as I was thinking about what to share today, um, I was really grateful that a really simple and clear message came to me based on a verse in John chapter 10. But before I get there, I want to tell you a story of what happened to me a couple of years ago when I was walking down a country lane. I was walking down this lane, there were paddocks on my left and paddocks on my right, and I noticed that to my left, there was a paddock full of a good hundred or so sheep. And all of a sudden, one of the sheeps, if that's what they call it, the sheep, kind of bolted and ran and a good hundred or so sheep ran after him. And my initial assumption was, oh, the farmer must be calling them out. As I walked closer, I watched the leader of the pack and he was bolting so hard and I watched and I watched until he came to this abrupt end at the fence line and just abruptly stopped. There was no farmer. He was just running on a whim and all the sheep decided to follow him. It's a word picture that doesn't do justice to what I saw because when I saw that, something hit me hard and it was that verse that Jesus says in Matthew 9, where he says he's full of compassion and he's looking at the problems and the worries and the concerns of the people and he says they're sheep without a shepherd. And that image of what I experienced in that lane has kind of stuck with me as I've looked at our world, as I've looked at those around me, as I've looked at the chaos in my own life. And I don't need to remind you of this in particular, just how much that chaos, that confusion, confusion, all the voices that are out there, all the noise that is out there, even the noise that's in the church all around the world creates this chaotic environment. And we run frantically, not really necessarily knowing where we're going. The passage I want to share with you is from John chapter 10, verse 27, which says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I've heard it said before, and I don't know whether it's true or not, but when you teach in a church context, you usually say the same message a thousand different times. And if I was to say what has been behind the messages I've tried to give to you at Red over the last 12 years, it is this beckoning call that there is a Jesus who came to you one day, tapped you on the shoulder and said, follow me. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. And so I want to remind you today that we have a God who speaks and I want to encourage you today that he is speaking now. We see right at the beginning of our story in Genesis 1, a God who speaks and he creates something out of nothing. The chaos becomes order, the darkness turns to light when he speaks and all throughout our scriptures, literally these words that come from this living word who comes to his people, who comes to his sheep and shows them how to live. And now in Advent, we are preparing for that very word himself who became flesh. What has he been speaking to you? What voices have been resounding? My observation this year has been in the chaos and the confusion and so much noise that a lot of it is driven by fear. His voice doesn't beckon a reaction of fear. 
How much of the anxiety you've had this year can be attributed to just simply not knowing which voice to listen to or having a voice that you can trust? And so my encouragement to us is the key to your life moving forward and the key to the church all around the world moving forward is this art of voice recognition. This verse in John 10, 27 comes from a much broader context and I don't have the time to unpack it for you today. But there are just a couple of things I want to highlight from the passage in John 10 and really encourage you to read it later on in your huddles, talk about it at your dinner tables. But you see that in John 10, we have a shepherd who comes to the sheep. It's easy to look past that, not notice it. But Jesus is the one who comes to us. The sheep don't come to him. And the reason that is so important is that we in this secular, modern age where we're so self-sufficient underestimate the belief we have that we're the initiator and God is the responder. But no, it's the other way around. Jesus is the initiator. We are the responder. What is he initiating? And have you heard it? We also see that he calls the sheep by name. He knows them. He knows their name. He knows their walk. He knows their, their gender. He knows what paddock they're in. He knows whether they're going to have little lambs or if they're going to sire others. He knows them by name. And he knows them so well. In another passage, he'll actually leave 99 to go and find the one because to him the one is just as important as if it is the whole. He's a deeply personal and intimate shepherd. The second thing we notice in John 10 is he leads them out. He hasn't come to them in the pen to keep them there. He gets them to move on to broader pastures. For me, this is a literal leaving of the pen of red. For some of you, it may be a leaving of an old mindset or memories or an expectation For red, it's quite possible that it's a leaving of an old incarnation of what red looked like. But the shepherd doesn't get us to stay where we are. He comes to us to lead us somewhere. And he doesn't often tell us where that somewhere is. But he knows and we know that we can trust him. And we can trust him because he says three times in John 10 that he is a good shepherd. He is not just any shepherd. He is the good shepherd. This is a big deal because in the biblical narrative, particularly in Ezekiel and Jeremiah, Israel are kind of forlorn because they haven't had a good shepherd to follow. The shepherds have been corrupt or misleading or there just hasn't been that good shepherd for them to be and there was a promise that there's going to be a good shepherd. And Jesus is saying he is that good shepherd. He can be trusted. And so what is so important for you to hear in this is that the best leader you will ever have or ever have had is not a person. It is Jesus Christ himself, him leading you and you listening to his voice and you following him. The thing I have loved about leading at Red is that I can vouch that the leadership at Red intently seek to hear God's voice. Far from perfect, don't even pretend to be. But this is a church that seeks the voice of the shepherd and seeks to follow that. So you can trust that that happens on a corporate level. 
but no one can listen to the shepherd about your life for you. Only you can hear the voice of the shepherd who knows you by name and is calling you on your unique journey within the pack. Then if some of you are there and go, but he doesn't speak to me, I'm going to say, yes, he does. He speaks to you all the time. He speaks to us through all creation. Even those who don't know him, he speaks to us. But there are times, I have no doubt, there are experiences that you can't explain. There are times when awe and wonder has hit you, times when hope has found you, or times when those doubts that you've had for some reason can just kind of be suspended and and be in the background. Something cuts through, and when that is, that's the initiator coming to us and looking for our response. But there is so much noise out there, too often we miss out on what he's saying and what he's initiating. So I want to leave you really quickly in just a minute or so, three practical things that you can do to hear this voice for yourself. Number one, it's going to be no surprise to you, but it's amazing how much we forget about it. If you want to hear the shepherd's voice for yourself, you have to hear his word. And by that I mean the very primary tool he used to speak to us being in the scriptures. Get to know that word, not for knowledge's sake, but get to know the voice and the tone behind the word. I heard recently that babies learn tone before they learn words. What is his tone to you? This Christmas season, what is his tone to you? Get into his word. If you don't know a place to start, just start in the Psalms. Read a different translation to what you're used to. Get in touch with the Bible Project resources and other things that are out there that can give you a fresh encounter with this primary way he communicates. The second one is to be still and know. You need to, I need to, actively seek to tune out the other voices. God doesn't speak to us in audible words. I think that's why people go, God doesn't speak to me. He he speaks to us in impressions. He speaks to us in circumstances, in reoccurring thoughts that happen, in conversations through others. But to capture them and take a a handle of what it is he's saying, you have to tune out the other voices. He comes in the whisper. Position ourselves to catch it. This is where the appealing but challenging Disciplines of silence and solitude and stillness come to the fore. We need to allow the noise of our thoughts, our strivings and our compulsions to settle so we can hear the truer, more reliable voice. That is nowhere near as easy as it sounds and every human can put their hand up to the challenge of that. But my encouragement to you is if you be still, the knowing will come but it's hard so the last thing I want to leave with you is practice and practice with courage whether you're a mum with four little kids whether you're a business owner whether you're a church leader whether you're someone who's got more time than you thought you could have we can all practice this no matter what our context is two things to keep in mind that are super normal so don't berate yourself for them number one you're going to get distracted all the distractions are going to come up Big time. Every distraction possible will come. Super normal. Number two, all the other voices are going to start to scream really loudly before you hear the still, small voice. Acknowledge those two things. Let them go like a cloud passing in the sky and keep practicing. 
Ruth Haley Barton in one of her books says, the distractions come up and all the voices come up and we just cease to keep going. But what if all the forces of evil are banding together to prevent our knowing God in this way because it brings an end to the dominion of those powers in your lives? What if your greatest threat to the enemy is your rest and your stillness? And what if the biggest invitation the son, the shepherd has to you this coming year is rest and stillness? And sometimes that's a posture than a physical reality. But be still and the knowing will come. Start small. Start with what you have. The shepherd is on the move. He is coming to you. He is coming to us. And he says in that passage, because there are other sheep that he wants to also introduce us to and us to him, them to him, you can follow him. In a 10-minute segment, there's no way I can equip you properly. So these are three resources I cannot recommend highly enough to keep you going, um, to start some quiet times, to start some times of stillness. This one is uh, the book by Ruth Haley Barton. Can't recommend it enough. It is honest. It is real. It is raw. It is written by a mother who is busy. It is written by a business leader who is busy. You will love it. It's refreshing. And the second two are practical. They're workbooks you can work through to start to tune your spirit into the frequency of the voice of the shepherd. And finally, I just wanted to say a massive big thank you. The last 12 years at RED has been the heyday to date of my life. It has been my privilege. I realised that 12 years is from prep to year 12. It's a whole schooling education. I cut my ministry teeth here at RED. I take that with me where I go. The lessons the people engraved on my heart will not leave me. So I want to thank you for the privilege of being part of this. Thank you for those who've been there from day dot. For those who have probably never even heard of me, hi, bye. <laughs> um, but thank you again for the privilege it has been.